Welcome back to another episode of All Things Football. We got a great episode here for you today. Chase, how are we feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. Made it to the trade deadline, which is officially halfway through the season. So, so football season's going fast, and, and as as it, weeks go on, it gets better and better. That's it's crazy. We're already halfway through the season, only eight weeks left of the regular season. Um, I like week eight. Obviously, the trade deadline is good. We're going to get into the trade deadline, some trades that happen. Not the craziest trade deadline that we've ever seen, um, but some stuff that was happening. Um, but I love this week eight because now we kind of get, we have a firm sense pretty much of which teams are which. Um, yeah. And so moving forward, we can kind of gauge, you know, better expectations. So got a lot to break down, right? Like we said, we've got the trade deadline. We've got the Raiders cleaning house, um, not making any trades, but they are firing everybody. And we've got some other news there, some things going down in Atlanta. Obviously, recap here, week eight and preview week nine. Got a lot to go over here, so let's go ahead and dive on in. Let's not waste any time. This is All Things Football. All righty, Chase. So we've got the trade deadline. So it came, it went. Some teams made some moves, some didn't. I'm going to go ahead and just give all the trades here real quick that happened. Like I said, not all of them are super impactful. Um, so we can just kind of touch on the ones that we think are the most impactful. But um, Rasul Douglas was traded from the Packers to the Bills. The Browns traded wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions. The Commanders were really active here. They traded Chase Young to the 49ers and Montez Sweat to the Bears. The Vikings traded guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars. Big pickup there. Um, due to the uh, unfortunate Kirk Cousins injury, Joshua Dobbs was traded um, to the Vikings. Then the Eagles um, active again, but this time trading away. They trade away Contavious Street to the Falcons. And Leonard Williams escapes New York and heads to a true contender in the Seattle Seahawks. So, um, so those are some of the trades there. What are the um, some of the most impactful trades there, you think? Because some of those, right, you don't really, they're not going to mean too much. But what are the ones that are kind of most impactful there for you, Chase? Yeah, really the defensive lineman moving, right? Chase Young going to the 49ers, that's huge. Pairing him back up, or pairing, not back up, but pairing him up with former Ohio State grad again with Nick Bosa. Him coming off the other side, that already dominant defensive line. Montez Sweat moving to the Bears. They needed a defensive presence on that team bad, right? Since Cleo Mack, they really haven't had anyone step up at all. So that's a nice pickup for them. And then Leonard Williams, kind of a sneaky one, happened real early in the day. That's uh, Seattle desperately needed someone to create pressure that wasn't a blitzing linebacker or a blitzing cornerback, which they use a lot. So he could be a big, big get to that great Seattle defense already. Yeah, I mean, the Commanders really are cleaning house. Um, they trade away probably two of their best defensive players. Obviously, yeah. Chase Young, he's been injured, so like he hasn't been really playing and wasn't as impactful as we thought it was going to be coming out of Ohio State, obviously due to the injury. So we'll see what the 49ers are going to be able to do. I mean, I mean, as you know, 49ers have got plenty of weapons there up front that they're going to be able to pair yeah. him with. So oh, good pick up there. Um, I, was, I was interested here um, – in the Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings, right? So unfortunately, we know Minnesota, you know, the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, tears his Achilles, he's done, right? Um, he's not coming back this season. 
Um, and so they need, obviously need, they're not going to roll out with rookie Jaron Hall, which I think is actually going to get to start this week. Cause I don't think yes. Joshua Dobbs is going to have enough time to really prepare for that. Pull up Baker Mayfield. Um, and so, um, we're going to see rookie Jaron Hall at BYU, see what he's got, um, up against the Viking or not the, the, the Falcons. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, as we saw, you know, another rookie just tear up the Falcons. So we'll see if the, that, you know. Uh, as a preview of things to come for rookie Jaron Hall. But um, I was curious that they went after Joshua Dobbs. I would have liked to have seen them um, go after Jameis Winston. And maybe they did, and it just didn't, um, you know, work out. Maybe there's, like, financially, because Saints are paying him a lot of money just to be their backup quarterback. So maybe the financials didn't work out. Um, but I really would have wanted – if I – to me, this shows to me that the Vikings are giving up on the season trading for Joshua Dobbs. Because as he's kind of, he's been serviceable, I guess, for the Cardinals, but they obviously only had that one game that they won, right? Because that shocker against the Cowboys. And so I don't really anticipate him, even though the Vikings are a lot better team uh, than the than the Cardinals. I just, I don't see that being anything really beneficial for the Vikings. Um, you might as well just roll with Jerem Hall to see what you got, honestly. Um, yeah, we're taking Joshua Dobbs. So um, I don't really anticipating much from Joshua Dobbs there, but who knows? Maybe with the more elite talent around, right? Justin Jefferson, maybe he comes back, but he's also got, you know, Jordan Addison, who's balling, KJ Osborne's good, TJ Hawkinson, right? So he's got a lot better talent than he had in, in Arizona. So maybe that's going to be the difference. Maybe he can't come in and do well, right? Um, maybe it'll surprise me, but I just don't think um, that's too much. And I wish they would have went after Jameis Winston because you can imagine him throwing. Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison every single time. Oh. Maybe I just want that for my fantasy team because I have Addison. I need kind of that yeah. bump. Um, so I'm concerned kind of here what's going to happen. But um, anyway, just as uh, – yeah. That's, so that's that's the biggest thing that I see here is is I wish the Vikings would have went after somebody else instead of Joshua Dobbs. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's, it's very strange, right? You think without Kirk Cousins, if you can't get another guy to come in and run your offense – you do not have a receiving or a running game that you can rely on, right? Alexander Matson, you traded for Cam Akers there in the season. Both of them have been extremely underwhelming, right? They, uh, I think Minnesota is like the place you point to if you're Austin Eckler. Like, look at what their running backs are doing. They can't do what I can do. Everywhere else in the league can do it, but not not Minnesota. But uh, so I, I'm not really sure why you make a trade at all if you can't get a guy that can run your offense really elitely, like. Like Jacoby Brissett was on the trade market, I believe, especially with uh, Washington kind of tearing it down on defense. I'm surprised they didn't go after him over there. So it's just confusing why they bring Joshua Dobbs. Is, is Dobbs really that much better than what your rookie, Jaron Hall, I believe he was a third rounder, is going to give you? Like, just confusing for me. Very strange trade. Then Donovan Peoples-Jones, too. You know, he, he looked really good those four years with Baker Mayfield. And then, you know, he kind of got downgraded this year with the addition of Elijah Moore moving to the Lions, which already has a dynamic wide receiver group with Josh Reynolds, Jamo Williams, and Amon Ra. So I'm not really sure what his role is going to be, if he's just going to be a special teams guy returning punts and kicks. That way, Jamo Williams doesn't have to do it. Not sure, but that's going to be an interesting, you know, maybe keep an eye on him. Maybe he pops up later in the season. Yeah, right, and just maybe get some depth, right? Um, they've had some injuries at the wide receiver position already. I think um, Dominic Rob Brown has already missed the game due to injury. Um, so just kind of add some depth there at the position um, going on the long haul, right? Um, yeah. Dude, should the Vikings bring back Dalvin Cook? He's not uh, playing at all on the Jets. 
That's true. Like he's he wants to play, right? He went to the Jets because he thought he was going to be able to play for a Super Bowl contender. Whether or not you know that happens is up in the court, but he's still not even playing, right? So I don't know if they just realized that you know what the Vikings maybe thought this guy's washed up, but the Vikings can't get any worse at the position. No. Like, do they, they I mean, I guess obviously they can't do anything now because the trade yeah. deadline Jets would have to release him, but the Jets could very well release him, right? They'd be like, hey, listen, you want to go? Trade deadline's passed, we'll just release you and you can go sign with the team. Um, so I think I think that would be something to keep the eye on if they do end up releasing him, if the Vikings try and bring him back into the fold and kind of get things going there. Because, yeah, they, they <laughs> it took seven weeks, no, eight weeks for them to get their first rushing touchdown by running back. Um, Cam Akers finally got one. So the, those running backs there have just not been playing well at all. No. Um, at all. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. So something to keep your eye on. I think I could definitely see that happening. Um, yeah. See him come back and fold there. But um, no, that's the trade deadline there. Um, nothing, like I said, nothing too crazy. The most interesting thing kind of we talk about, I do think the the commander's selling their two best defensive players. They're really all in on, on starting new. And it'll be interesting to see how they finish the rest of the season to see if Sam Howell's going to be their guy or if they're going to go into this next loaded quarterback um, class in the draft and, and, and dip in there. So that'll be what I'm interested in seeing. Yes. In other news, though, and this, I don't know why, I don't think we should be shocked because this is what this franchise does. And this franchise is just ran poorly. They make poor decisions by who they hire, who they draft, and we've seen the results of this again, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Um, and they've benched Jimmy G for rookie Aiden O'Connell. So it's officially the Aiden O'Connell show in the desert. Chase, what do you make here of this happening midway through the season? Yeah, um, I, I'm i surprised that – so they got fired and everything, right? I think that's the right move. I'm surprised they didn't make any moves, right? Are they, you know, this is starting the rebuild, starting the – you know, you're, you're no longer competing, right? You kind of started – did a mini retooling when you got, we got rid of Desmond – Car or uh, not Desmond Derek Carr later in uh, in the year last year. So this is officially starting. You you hung up your cap. You know McVay wasn't it like everyone knew. I mean it was surprising it took him this long to see Jimmy G single handedly kind of cost him that game Monday night. Right, Devont he just could not get the ball to a wide open Devontae Adams. So I believe this is the right call, but. I'm surprised they didn't make more moves, right? Move maybe a Jacoby Myers or a Devontae Adams. Try to move Jimmy G to like the, the you know, even the Vikings, right? Who could have maybe maybe propped him up a little bit more instead of uh, Joshua Dobbs. Just it surprised me that they didn't make any moves at the deadline and they still fired everyone. That, you know, that's like they're only halfway committing to the rebuild. It's very strange. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel bad for Devontae, man. I mean, I, I feel bad, but I don't feel bad because he chose to go there, right? He kind of dug this hole for himself, although, you know, he went to go to play with Derek Carr. Yes, you know, didn't his favorite go. team, he wanted to do yeah. that, he didn't go for, he didn't sign up for this. But no. you have to know, going into the Raiders, kind of what to expect, kind of what you're getting, and this is typically what happens, right? They don't draft well, they don't play well, they don't coach, they don't do anything well. Um, And, you know, as as the greatest wide receiver you could be, you're not going to be the one that's going to be able to solve those problems or you don't have the answer. Mm -hmm. um, and when the head coach and the offensive coordinator aren't doing well, when they do do well that you scheme you up, then your quarterback can't hit you, right? Just like you said, Jimmy G was missing all over the place. But it was interesting that it's happening 
this midway through the season, I guess I would expect it to just kind of keep going. But I think after after the whole that Monday night debacle, I think the owner just like had enough. Like, listen, I can't do this. Like, if we're gonna lose, we're at least gonna do it a different way than this because whatever way this is, it's not. Yeah, um, but that ends Josh McDaniel's stint as a head coach in the NFL. I don't know how he's going to be able to convince any other team to give him a job ever again. No. All he's done is lose. Um, um, Dave Ziegler, right, made some questions. Like we haven't really seen anything out of their first round pick, Tyree Wilson. He's been like non-existent. Um, he's the one that signed Jimmy G to that deal, and Jimmy G has been yes. trash, right? So just some of the draft decisions, some of the personnel decisions, and some of those signings, right, um, is doing the franchise. Um, and so they're just they're just getting rid of it. I saw a thing today where between John Gruden and um, Josh McDaniels, uh, the Raiders are paying them a total of $80 million to not <laughs> coach their football team. That is insane. My thing, my th- so they signed McDaniels to a six-year deal when they first signed him, six-year deal. My thing is, is why are we doing that? So this falls on the owner as well. Like as much as you want to blame like the GM, the coaches and things like that, like that falls on the owner as well. When the owner goes to sign a guy for six years, you're committing that money to him just to move off after a year and a half. Like we got to stop doing those six years deals, like sign him in for three years. I think three years is like a great base. Like you sign a new head coach, listen, three years contract. Whatever that is, you know, through your contract, and at the end of on that, you know, on your contract year, you can extend or whatever. But that way, you're not tied to somebody for six years. So if you do have to move off of them, you're not stuck for another four years. Like that's just that's just so mind boggling. But that's why the Raiders are trash and will always be trash because eventually, you know, can't get right head coach, can't get right at GM. Eventually, you know, what's the common denominator here? It's the owner. Um, and the owner has his hand in some things there and he's just making poor decisions. And so this is one of them, right? So they're really behind the eight ball here, but, um, we'll see what happened. This is kind of what happened when, obviously when John Gruden signed slash was fired, that whole thing went down. Um, and you're the special team. He's a special teams coordinator for the Packers. I forget his name. Buschetti. Yeah, Buschetti. Rich. Yeah, I don't know. Rich how to say Buschetti, something Rich, like that. Yeah. He pulled in and he kind of galvanized the team and they actually started to play the well over there. And then they let him go. They did not hire him. And they brought in Josh. They brought in Josh. Like, that's what, like, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Where the, the Raiders owner is just so garbage because he had a more than capable, at least in that brief period, I thought a capable head coach. Right, he was able to handle them throughout that whole entire situation. Everything is, you know, PR nightmare. All that different stuff that was going on, he was able to get navigate through that and have his team win and go to the playoffs. Probably should have won that game against um, the Super Bowl team. Yes, but um, uh, yeah, and they and just then, didn't even they just let him go. They didn't even give him the light of day, and they brought in Josh McDaniels instead, and now they're paying for it. Right? Who knows if if he would have come in, if this things would have been any different? But it was just it was really pretty wild to see it. They just kind of even you know give him. Day. So now they have this, you know, I forget his name, but the linebacker coach or whatever is coming up as interim Pierce, head sir. coach. So Anthony we'll Pierce, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what, what he's able to do. But I just think overall, I think um, the Raiders are, are a dumpster fire. And I feel like Devonta Adams needs to get out of there. Max Crosby needs to get out of there. Like some of these guys that are really good are just not going to be able to realize their yeah. full potential on a team like the Raiders. So yeah. um, 
we'll see what happens at the end of the year, right? When they can go into full and rebuild as they start doing it, start trading away some, you know, other pieces like they did in here at the trade deadline. But I really think this just falls back onto the owner, uh, Mike Davis, and he's just not, he's just not managing the team very well at all. And obviously those decisions are costing him a lot of money, but whenever you're him and you have that money to blow, I guess, go ahead and do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about the Raiders is, is eventually there's a common denominator and it's the owner. Yep. Yep. I agree. And you think with the coaching, you know, he hired him six years. You think they would have learned, right? They gave John Gruden 10 years and he traded away all the good players because he wanted his own players in there. Right. Stop giving me these coaches like you, these huge contracts for no reason. Right. Josh McDaniels. I think that was a bad hire when it happened. I don't think anyone was excited about that hire. Kind of a clown show. I think, I mean, I think it'd be so funny. I want it to happen so bad. If Josh McDaniels just runs back to the Patriots, becomes the offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick next season. Like, that would be the best thing. It'd be like a kid, you know, got evicted from his house and he's run back to mom's house. Like, I, that's got to be what he's going to do. So, no, Bill does yeah. it, though. He kind of recycles those assistant coaches. They go off and try to be head coaches, don't make it. So they come back into the fold and he kind of gives them their spot back. So yeah. um, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, Raiders are a dumpster fire. Um, let's move on down south to one of your favorite teams this season. The Atlanta Falcons are Benching Desmond Ritter in favor of Taylor Heineke, the starting quarterback moving forward. What are your thoughts on this turn of events? Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't. I think it's a lateral move. I think it might. If, if you're going with the right move, maybe it is the right move. I a Taylor Heineke hater. I'll say that. I, I I do not like him. I think he is super overrated for just getting one upset against the. The uh, undefeated Eagles weren't the best team in football last year that everyone thought they were. You know, he had that one good game against the Bucks, and then a really pissed, uh, poor game against the Eagles that he ended up winning last year. I think he's a very average at best quarterback, but if he can do what he if he could do the just the small things right, he can take this team. This team is so good. They just need a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over three times in the red zone. Right. And Desmond Ritter, I agree. Desmond Ritter had some problems. He was fumbling in the red zone. He was making God awful decisions, throwing interceptions. Right. And in, in the end zone, like you cannot be doing that to this team that, that can't overcome these things. Right. They've they've been able to kick a couple field goals late in games. Right. That Bucks game, they kicked a game winning field goal for the second week in a row. This week just wasn't enough. And I think he did get hurt this week, right? He had a thumb injury. They sat him out. Now it's officially announced that he was actually just benched. But, he, you know, he th did get thumb injury, but now he's benched. He could could play if they're benching him for Taylor Heineke. I think if Heineke could come out there and just be average, that's all I remember. That's all I said. I just need game. I need Desmond Ritter. I need a game manager in that offense. So I'm hoping that will happen. I'm hoping they get a quarterback next year, though. They just they have too much talent on this offense to waste it on Taylor Heineke and Des Ritter. Yeah, so they might be in the in the mix as well um, for a quarterback here because Desmond Ritter, man, they just give him, you know, you're allowed to have one bad game, right? You're allowed to have a bad game. You're allowed to have a bad game. I'm not going to, you know, crucify you over having one bad game. But whenever you repeatedly do it, I'm a big believer in whenever they show you who they are, believe them, right? And Desmond Ritter has just shown time and time again that he's just not going to make the cut, right? He's turnover prone making stupid decisions right he's just not the guy that can really go in there and, and and get the job done and i feel bad because i liked him coming out of cincinnati right i mean i wasn't ever like the you know 
rah, rah, Desmond Ritter. Yeah. But, like, I liked him in Cincinnati. Like, I thought it was fun to watch. He was good. And he came in there, you know, was behind um, Mariota for a while. And then came in and they did well, right? He didn't lose that game at home until just recently, until this season. So he was playing well. Um, and then all of a sudden, just it all just kind of came crashing down. And it felt like it just kind of kept compiling and compiling. Like, when he took that one game, instead of learning from it, bouncing back, I don't know if it just like got in his head or something, but like he just couldn't get back and he just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So I like this move for the Falcons. I like Henneke. Um, he's played some, he's a scrappy guy. Like he just makes some plays and he's super scrappy. Like he's not going to be the guy that leads to the promised land, but he's going to be able to the guy that, that can get you some wins. Um, um, and so we'll see a good, you know, a, a Vikings team that they're going to come up against who was turning the corner. Right, who I would have been 100% confident in picking him to win this game because of the Cousins' injury. It's a lot is changing, um, and so a good game for them to kind of, you know, get right. Heineke can kind of, kind of do what he does and get in there and just kind of disrupt some things. And so um, I like this call. I think it's the right decision um, for the Falcons. And um, I mean the NFC. I mean the South is wide open, right? It's still wide open. So it's not like they're in desperation mode, right? But I do think with Henneke at quarterback, I do think they are a better team than with Ritter. I, I, I agree, right? I agree. As much as I don't like uh, Desmond, Ritter hasn't, you know, he's had these really bad games and he hasn't made any like wow plays that you're like, wow, I can see this guy, right? You got to give him some time. Like watching Justin Fields or Jordan Love, or there's, I'm sure there's others, you know, that are losing, but you're like, hey, you know, this guy, I can see where where this guy's coming from. I can see the arm angles. I can see the athleticism. I can see the poise in the pocket, pocket presence. Anthony Richardson has that in the first four games we watched. You're like, man, this guy not might not be all there yet, but I can see the vision. Desmond Ritter, I'm like, this is what we get. Like, there's no, you know, he had one 300 game and it was like dump off passes to Bijan and, and uh, Drake London. Like it wasn't, it was not, not the vision. Vision was not there. So you might as well try to get it another and uh, I do commend them, right? They held on to Marcus Mariota way too long last last year, right? They should have put in Ritter earlier, so they're not making the same mistake here. You know, moving off of Ritter into Heineke, they learn from their mistakes. I just, I just need Heineke to come in and just pl- be a game manager, right? Don't turn the ball over. You don't have to throw for four hundred and you know nine touchdowns every game, but just can't turn the ball over. You need those possessions. So I'm interested I'm to see, yeah. I'm excited for my Drake London stock. I think my Drake London stock is going to go up now. Very um, much. Because Very much so. Ritter is just wasn't cutting. So, yeah. So I'm excited. hoping Kyle Pitts, too. I'm yeah. Maybe so. Desmond Tanaki unlocks Pitts. That'd be nice. Use some of those tools. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kyle Pitts just needs somebody who can throw the ball to him. And yes. And he'll be able to catch it and do yes. great things with it. Um, so, yeah. But, um. Yeah, so exciting. But that's some of the league news that we have here for you. Um, a little bit longer than usual, so we'll try to do some quick rack, um, recap here. So let's go ahead and get into mm-hmm. recapping week eight. Uh, I went 11 and five this week. I went 12 and four. Nice. It's that Thursday night that went with the, <laughs> with the little voice. And man, I almost got it. Yeah. Chris Godwin just. <laughs> yeah. Just, you could turn around and just. Catch it. Boom. I got it. But uh, listen, you got to go. Got to swing big sometimes. Got to swing big. So I respect it. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and, and recap there. That Thursday night game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall um, to the Buffalo Bills, 24 to 18. Um, this is one of those games where it's like, okay, this is the Buffalo Bills that we, 
that we're that we should be seeing. You know, every yes. single week, this is the Bills teams that we should see, right? Josh Allen was amazing. Um, yes. The whole team, for the most part, was amazing. I mean, it's, I got in on it. Yeah, he got his first touchdown. So I mean, it was it was great. Shakir popped off, right? It wasn't like the Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis show. No. It was the Shakir show. So um, a lot of things were working there. The Bucks really couldn't get anything going on offense until kind of late there. Um, but this is the one where the where the Bills pretty much showed up throughout the entire game, right? There's a brief yeah. point there in the second half where they they were kind of non-existent, but you can have that. Every other time, you know, they were they were pretty much they were running the show. So. Um, I don't know. What do you? That doesn't really instill confidence in me in the Bills moving forward. I think this is a game they obviously should have should have won, um, because the Bucks, as we're seeing, just aren't as are the Bucks aren't good. Um, no. they're they're kind of who we thought they were going to be at the beginning yeah. of the season. But what are your they're, kind they're of initial thoughts? Yeah, uh, my real fast thoughts: the Bills' offense just as good as we thought it was. Right? They 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 won the game. Bills' defense scares me. Right. They they are again, they lost Trey Davis White. They don't know what to do. It's like literally every player now has like just confused out there. I was not impressed with their defense. Maybe Rasul Douglas coming in, you know, he's been a stud for the Packers, one of the shining spots on a very dark team this year. Now he's going over to the Bills. So maybe he comes in and kind of gives them some some boost up in the locker room, right? Like Micah Hyde did and he left Green Bay. So Maybe that's nice, but uh, that Bills defense is is kind of scary, right? I don't know if they have the defense to compete, right? If to to compete with these big dogs, the Dolphins, the Bengals that they play this week, the Chiefs, the Ravens, now the Jags, they're gonna have to. Well, they already beat the Jags, but if they have to play them again in the playoffs, uh, they'll have to just make a shootout, right? This offense, this offense has to show up because this defense is not. So a little scary, right? I I still think the Bills are a really good team. Um, let's go ahead. Let's walk us through there um, with the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. What happened with that? Yeah, this is a, this is just a turning point where I, I was less frustrated than I was with the Broncos game. This is a game that you could watch and say, "Hey, we're a young team. All of our players, our wide receivers, were just dropping wide open." conversions right it's like third and two jordan love would make some crazy arm angle throw hit the guy right in the numbers and all of a sudden the ball's on the ground we're going deep you know watson's tracking the ball all of a sudden the ball's about two yards to his left and he didn't track it enough like it was it was crazy our offensive line just got mismanaged we gave aj Dillon six touches on the one yard line to score a touchdown and we had to throw it on fourth down to get it we even had a pass interference to reset our downs, and he still couldn't get in. But I don't know what A.J. Dillon, a two, you know, I think he's like 260. I don't know why he's having a hard time getting one yard. It's like an Eddie Lacy repeat in my head. But uh, this, I will say this game, by, uh, Jordan Love, if you go back and watch it, played his butt off. You could see the vision here. There's one play where Harrison Phillips wraps him up at the legs. He's falling sideways. He makes a crossbody throw sideways. Hits Watson right in the center of the chest. Watson drops it. But, I mean, it was just Watson's running away from him. I mean, it was just a throw. You're like, wow, there's 10 people in the league that can make this throw, and Jordan Love's one of them. Right? This is one of them where it was like, I'm confident in Jordan Love again. He looks good. You know, I, this is a rebuilding year. As long as he has games like this, I'm okay losing him. So, I'm excited. I hope Green Bay's one game off from the first overall pick. I don't want the first overall pick, but, like, how sweet would Marvin Harrison look in a Green Bay Packers jersey? So, 
Yeah, no, I yeah. think he wrapped it up good. It was one of those things where it's like, tell this is just a young team. It wasn't too crazy. Like, the Broncos game, I really thought that was frustrating. It was like, we are a terrible team. This game was like, okay, we're a terrible team. So, yeah. I, I agree with what you said there. This is the part where the Minnesota Vikings just are. I mean, they just have they just have the better talent. Yeah. Um, and nine times out of ten, that's going to that's going to football. So yeah. Um, uh, the Sunday night game, which was a terrible game to watch, yes. uh, which um, I know we are going to touch on that later. So we'll we'll skip that. Um, yeah. and I'll touch on the Monday night game a little bit later. So let's go ahead. Um, last last quick game I want to. Um, recap before we go on to some game balls here real quick is going to be the Cleveland and Seattle game. Um, I know that was the the big game preview that you had. Um, That was kind of just going um, back and forth and back and forth. um, Just kind of a battle to kind of see which team was going to get the stop. And, you know, Seattle was the one that could do it. It was a battle of like the top, top defenses in the league. I love, I mean, the the Browns are kind of handicapped at quarterback. Um, I like PJ Walker. I mean, he's doing fine, right? Won the game against the Colts. You know, almost won this game. I just love Seattle's defense, dude. I yes. love Devin Witherspoon. Dude is balling. I love him. He's right now. He's my favorite for rookie of the year. Um, defensive rookie of the year, is Devin Witherspoon. Yes. I love what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, and then Jay. Uh... On the offensive side, Seattle's rookie is doing great things. Jake Bobo come out of nowhere, UCLA, right? I mean, you know, I watched him as at UCLA. He looked good, but he didn't look this good. And then, of course, Jackson Smith, the Jigbo with the basically game-winning touchdown catch, right? 38 seconds left. He gets that nine-yarder. Like, it, uh, this Seattle, they've had two – I don't know what happened. I don't know if they, they went analytic drafting or if they just got a new scout in there. But they had so many drafts with, Russell, with peak Russell Wilson, right, doing great things where they just – grab people and they just suck right lj collier jordan brooks finally hit but it took a long time to i don't even remember the they grabbed like a temple linebacker to rush the edge i don't even remember who what his name was they, i mean it was just over and over rashawn penny in the first rashawn penny i liked a lot but not a first rounder like this is just crazy that they that, and then all of a sudden all of a sudden it just clicked so the last two draft classes have been absolutely out of this world so Congrats on the Seattle Seahawks. This is what happens when you draft good, right? You make the right trade. You get off of Russell Wilson when you need to, right? Could you imagine if he was still in Seattle? Like this team would be just a dumpster fire, right? They got Geno's finally starting to play like we thought he could play last year. You know, like we've seen it. He kind of took a step down. He's starting to get back up there. I'm excited. And they're number one in the in the NFC West, which is very shocking. You know, I don't know how long they stay up there, but congrats. Like that's well-deserved. That's a hard division to win so anytime you're on top it's you're on top i mean the 49ers are just in free fall um three game three game losing streak um really just ever since ever since that cowboys game they just haven't been able to do it right their defense has been playing as well obviously their offense has been playing as well um perfect time i think to go into a bye week to go ahead and kind of reset and kind of get your head back on, right? The season's not over by any means. Like, there's still plenty of football left to go. I know they'll be okay. Um, 
but those were some tough, those were some tough games um, to lose there, especially when you're trying to go against, you know, Cincinnati who thinks, you know, they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the AFC to kind of play like you did there um, has to be, has to be frustrating, but the Bengals look like they're back. Yes. Uh, they do. I mean, Joe Burrow is playing phenomenal. I mean, they're just playing good at all levels um, handled that 49ers team um, back, you know, up and down the field. Um, and they look, they look like they're back. Right. Um, I just, um, it's going to be interesting, right? We'll talk about, you know, we'll preview their game against the bills next week. Obviously someone's yes. got to lose there, but, um, Crazy. um, but yeah, but the Cincinnati Bengals look back. So we'll see if, if those, the, their stretch of those three losses there are going to come back to bite them because they've still got some teams to play, but um, that's, a, that's a key win for the Bengals. And they, they really needed that win. Um, heading into this latter half of the season. So uh, the Bengals on fire, and the Bengals look good. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Right. All right, let's go ahead and – oh, real quick, what did you learn from Week 8, Chase? Yeah, what I learned from Week uh, Week 8 is that good teams get better, right? Good teams do not sit there and just hope they get better. They actually do make the moves, right? The Eagles made a move this – uh, this week, 49ers, right? They were struggling on defense a little bit. Their coach, you know, Steve Wilkes, maybe he's not the, the defensive presence that they've had in the coaching room. So we don't got Chase Young. The Bears start, you know, want to get better. So they make a good move. I don't I don't think they're a good team. But good teams don't just sit by and hope that they, they can uh, scrape by with the roster, right? The Chiefs last year, they went out and made a move to get Kadeus Tony. The, the Bills this year, they made a move to get Rashawn, you know, or not Rashawn, Rasul Douglas. Maybe it's not the move, but they do something. They don't just sit idly by, right? Good teams make the right moves. Yeah. Um, so I learned from week eight is some teams are exactly who we thought they were. Um, right. Heading into the season, right? We did our preseason rankings. We did our, our division breakdowns, our predictions, right? Teams like, obviously, the Cardinals have been low. Right? We knew they were low. But teams that we thought maybe were going to prove us wrong, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams, right? At the beginning of the season, they get they get off on the start. The Bucks, you know, were undefeated for a while. They won like three games straight. Um, the Rams were feisty. They started off with a week a week one win or the Seahawks. Right? So things that we didn't think of, we thought, oh, these teams, maybe they're a little bit better than we thought. They're not going to be at the bottom of the barrel. And then we're week eight, and here we are again, back at the bottom. So everything just kind of evens itself out when you give enough time. Um, so just the, those teams that we thought um, that were that were going to be bad, uh, we indeed were right, and they are bad. Yeah. And the the charade is over, right? They pulled the the curtain, you know, the bag over their eyes, and it's we can kind of see them clearly for what they are. If you're at week eight, you can you can for the most part, I say with ninety percent certainty, you can kind of pinpoint which teams are playoff worthy and which teams are are just already looking forward to next year yeah yeah i think so i think you can kind of kind of dwindle that down already see there might be one or two that shock us but they're you know other than that you know like the commanders another team that we thought oh are these these guys a little feisty nah commanders are commanders right there who we thought they were so yeah i know i agree with that 100 percent I like it. I like it. Well, let's go into our best and worst as we continue to recap week eight of the NFL slate chase. So go ahead and hit me with your best. Of week yeah. Eight. My best is the reason we skipped our Sunday night football preview. My best is Jordan, Justin Herbert in the first quarter. 
that guy was on fire, right? He went 11 for 11, 120 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. He didn't miss a pass until eight minutes left in the game, right? Eight minutes left. I'm sorry, in the second quarter, in the first half, eight minutes left. He went, he was 100%, right? And he, he, he just lit it up again. He's playing a very, very sad team, the Chicago Bears, with really nothing nothing to win for, right? They got everything to lose for. They're rebuilding. But still, when you do that, it is still impressive, right? These are still NFL players, right? These It's still tough to win games. Teams have lost. You know, the Bears have a win. So they they're, they're, they have two wins, actually, right? They beat the Raiders and the Commanders. So any anytime you can get a win, it's a good day. And anytime it looks like that when, with a win, especially a struggling Chargers team, that was an impressive victory for looking that that good, right? There's teams that just scraped away at the Bears. So anytime you go perfect from the first quarter, you're going to get my best. Yeah, I mean, he ball out there. He said, listen, whenever I'm playing a bad team, I can ball out and show you what And so he did, right? Listen, that's what you got to do against bad teams. You kind of got to yes. get out there. And it's just going to be one of those things where you're going to get your mind right. Like we played poorly against Kansas City the week before. We have a chance here in your prime time to play a really bad team in the Bears. We got and got to get um, get back on track, and they were able to do that. So we'll see what that does moving forward, right? They got to match up against the Jets. That will preview um, coming up, but um, but yeah, no, that was good. Um, my game ball for offense, I got to go with the rook. Game ball or best? We're doing oh, best. We're doing best and worst. Thanks, bro. Um, I was skipping ahead, so. Backtrack. My best is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. And now y'all know how big of a fan I am of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Not at all. But I got to give props where props are due. Dak Prescott, balled out. 304 yards, four touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, balled out. 12 receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. And then the defense. 30-yard interception, return for a touchdown, and a safety. Um, the, all of the Dallas Cowboys from front end to back, every single man on that roster, offense, defense, special teams, put on a show and just dominated from start to finish. And, and you know, rightfully show they should. The Rams, like I said before, we know that they're not a good team. Um, but to kind of put it all together like that, really kind of play at each level, honestly, the best that you could play at each level. Um, yes. They look, they look good. Like this is the type of team, like if they show up like this, like this is the team where I can see when people say like, Oh yes, they are a contender. This is the year. Right. But unfortunately they only do this against bad teams. But that being said, they did dominate. They did ball out. And so that's gotta be my best for um, this week. Yeah. Yeah, and they got C.D. Lamb involved finally, right? I know he's had a couple of games here and there, but you got to get him the ball. He's too good of a wide receiver to be second fiddle to Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup, right? This guy, is he's a stud. So I, I was very impressed. I i told uh, the people I was watching with, no one has better games. You know, no one no one has higher highs and lower lows than Dak Prescott. He's either, <laughs> he's either like the best quarterback you've ever watched or like what is this guy doing on a screen? So I, I, I enjoy watching him. I still think Dak is a decent, uh, above average, above Kirk Cousins level type quarterback. So that's what I'm going to sit with Dak right now. I don't know what rank that is, but that's where I'm going. Right. 
the worst. I'll start hit you with my worst, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there, and then I think you might have a couple of words to add to it. But my worst is the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a uh, I, this was the most shocking game by far this year for me especially even watching the Packers lose to the Raiders. That was pretty shocking. But this one was was wild. We've seen this game not two weeks ago, right? And it was close, but it was never out of Kansas City's control. They kind of, kind of dom- you know, not dominated, but they kind of ran, ran this one. This time, I never felt like the Chiefs had any hope of winning. Very, you know, it seemed like right away the Chiefs looked defeated. They looked unprepared. It was like, and the sad part is, is the defense that we've been trotting about, we've been talking about this has arrived, right? Where did they go? They just took a game off. It, it looked like I was watching 2018's defense out there. They they could not be, you know, the running game, they ran wild. I don't know what the numbers really look like, but it, just watching the game, it was like they ran wild. The, the Jerry Judy, who's been kind of a non-factor for him, decided to pop off. Corton Sutton made huge catch, catches on third down. And then your offense, only scoring three field goals, not scoring a touchdown with the best quarterback in the NFL. It was just a very uh, very sad, unprepared game to watch from Kansas City, especially against an opponent that they had a chance to uh, make it a league record of 17 straight victories against a divisional opponent, right? League record, everything hanging in there. I know it was at Denver, so maybe that was a, but a place that Pat Mahomes has, you know, hasn't lost at yet. This is his first loss there. And I think the most embarrassing thing is there's I there I heard there's a rumor going around, right? The Chiefs fans told me there's a rumor going around that the Chiefs prepared half of the week for the Broncos, half of the week for the Dolphins. Right? When you're not there when you're not focusing completely on the Bronco on the opponent, this is still the NFL, right? Teams will get you like that. So I, I'm I'm gonna put if that's true, right? It's just a rumor that'll never, you know, we'll probably never fi- figure it out. But if this is true that they overlooked the Broncos, this is a uh, very poor coaching job because you know the Chiefs tend to do this probably once a year, right? Last year they lost to the worst quarterback in the NFL, Matt Ryan, led Colts, right? Where they overlooked the Colts. So this is just a game the Chiefs overlooked, and again, you're allowed to have one bad game. Yeah, so I guess I'll hop in there. Um, I got my my new cap, ice white, cheese keeping mat on. Just got it this week. Hopes to bring us some good luck. To kind of some turn some things around, but um, let me just um, yeah, I guess I'll touch on the defense real quick because you're, I, I guess I I disagree with you completely about the defense being 2018 defense because I mean we only gave up, I mean they scored 24 points, but it was 14 points until the fourth quarter, and every single time that they scored, they started either on midfield or plus side of the field due to turnovers. So whenever it was a normal Whenever it was a normal kickoff, like after field goal or something like that, the defense was shut out, right? We had McCole Harmon fumble the ball on like the 12-yard line, so they were able to score. You know, Mahomes had a couple interceptions um, that were returned. One, that last one was returned almost all the way there, so they were able you know, to score. Um, there was the, the the MVS fumble, like those things like that, to where we were just the offense was putting the putting the defense in a terrible position, but the defense was the defense had the offense's back. Right at the very end, right, they get that strip sack to allow them to go down and kick a field goal. You think, okay, boom, we're going to go ahead and get in and get in some momentum. Whenever the Broncos are about to kick a field goal to make it a two-score game, we get a block kick, you know, to put it back on. So every single time the defense did something to help the offense, to keep us in the game, to give it to the offense, to put the ball in the best player in the NFL's hands, we just couldn't do it. Um, and it was just, it was just terrible. So I don't think 
the defense played poorly at all. I think the defense was put in crappy position after crappy position. They made plays when they needed to, to turn over and, and get points off the board. And the office just couldn't capitalize on that, right? I don't, this is, and this is just coming off of like last week when we dominated the Chargers on offense from start to finish. I thought, okay, here we are, the Chiefs back. And then, boom, we dropped this dud against the freaking donkeys. It was just so, fr- this was more frustrating to watch than, I guess, I guess probably because we were losing the whole time, but then the first Broncos game. But um, what I was really concerned with was the offensive line. The offensive line didn't look good at all this game. Um, it was, I mean, Mahomes was sacked three times. He was pressured a lot. He was running around there. And, and I was, that was kind of what I was kind of scratching my head at was I didn't think the offensive line played well at all. Obviously there was some drops, you know, they had that fourth and two touchdown passes, kind of more that he dropped. I see a lot of people saying, listen, when you see a wide receiver open for a touchdown, you have to do it. I'm more of the mindset where it's fourth down, just get the first down, right? Yes. Live to fight another day because you know, if whatever does happen, you know, they do drop it like you're done, right? Just pick up the two yards, then go again. I mean, I can, I can, I can understand you have a, a guy wide open in the end zone. Why not take that shot? But when it's a, when it's a fourth down, you don't need the touchdown there. You can get the fourth down and keep doing it. Keep going. I just, uh, I, you know, obviously it's hindsight, right? Sky Moore catches it at the touchdown. Great. Fantastic. Woo-hoo, right. So I, I can understand that. But I just think I would have gone short yards, short yards play. Let me just get the first down and then keep going. You know, what they did, they did that, and then we just never really able to get the ball back. When we do, we get sacked. It's like third and 50, right? And Mahomes just kind of fourth and 50. Mahomes just kind of throws up that last interception. It was basically a punt, just kind of a hope and a prayer. But um, the offense was the offense was just stuck in a rut the entire game and just, just could not get out, no matter what the defense did, no matter what the special teams were doing to help keep us in the game, to give us opportunities. Um, we, just, we just couldn't do it. And so – you know, we've seen kind of this roller coaster here with the Chiefs where they play really well, they fall, they play really well, and they fall, right? We went Bears, Broncos the first game, Chargers, Broncos the second time. So now that means we're on the up and up, which means against the Dolphins, it's going to be a woo. Um, so that I'm excited and I'm looking forward to. Obviously, my new hat, lucky hat. So we'll be fine um, moving forward. But. Um, yeah, yeah, man, it's just it's just a tough. Whenever you can't, you know, get in the end zone and score any points, you know, touchdowns, um, it's just it's just a tough thing to watch. So, um, you know, got to get back on track. They got a long flight to Germany to get their heads right. We'll see if they're able to screw it on and, and kind of get out there and play well against a good Miami's offense team um, that we'll preview in a bit. But um, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to lose to a division opponent um, in general. Um, but it's definitely tough to lose to the Broncos. But, you know, I got to get the Broncos credit. They showed up and we didn't. Yes. But let's be honest, that was their Super Bowl. That was the Broncos Super Bowl. They, they're they not going to play that good uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the season. No. Um, they wanted that more than they wanted anything. And rightfully so, right? 15 straight losses is terrible, right? You're going to want to get that win. So they're able to finally do it because we didn't show up to play our best ball. And that's on us. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's the, the motto, right? I didn't pick the Broncos as my best, right? Is the chiefs played, you know, just like we were talking about the lions last week, one team showed up and one team didn't. It's sad that when the Broncos showed up, like this was the best game they put together by far. Right. And maybe that's why I thought the defense was down. They had, you know, Russell Wilson was a better passer and they had more rushing yards on the ground this game against that 
the, than the against the Packers last week. And the Packers defense is really, really bad at stopping the run. So maybe that's why I thought they didn't show up. But because uh, I, I just looked, they did get six sacks. I think two of them was those fainting goat where Russell Wilson ran out of the ends, right? Ran, you know, he ran out of the sidelines like 11 <laughs> yards away from the line of scrimmage. So he didn't get hit. I don't know what that was about. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a sad showing from the Chiefs. And then the Broncos came to play, make the Broncos look decent at best. But I don't expect the Broncos this to spark any, you know, victory hopes or anything, right? They're not going to turn around their season. The Broncos are who we think they are. This is just a bad showing for the Chiefs. You know, they didn't play like who we thought they are. And I mean, this is always like five turnovers. You're not going to win a game when you turn over the ball five times. And this is what I've always said, right? Good teams can only beat themselves, right? You're not yes. playing well. You don't show up. You turn the ball over. You're doing all these different things. It's no matter what you do, you know, you just, you know, you just lose because you beat yourself, right? So obviously, you know, reset the page, move on to the next one. I can tell you, um, that everybody on that team is pissed. And I think it's primed to go scorch earth against the Dolphins. So we'll see kind of how that materializes, but I'm expecting I'm expecting big things from our offense on Sunday and over there in Germany. I, I, I really am. I'll be I'll be shocked if we played anywhere close to what we saw last Sunday against the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Against against that dynamic Dolphins, you know, you probably you need to show up, right? You cannot lay it. A stinker. Yeah, can't do it. So. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, let me go ahead and give you my worst. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be the the battle of New York. <laughs> the New York Jets and New York Giants. That has probably has to be the worst game of football ever played. Maybe the, maybe the Patriots and Rams Super Bowl is up there. But this game, man, this game was terrible. 24 total punts. 20 four i just can't even fathom that like this that neither team could be going obviously you know, with the giants right their second string tyrod taylor gets injured they have to go to the third string guy you can argue like okay maybe they're not going to be as dynamic but what was wrong with the freaking jets they had everybody on offense and they, they couldn't put up points yards against the freaking giants like that is terrible has to go into overtime i was like man the worst thing this could do is end in a tie i would just that would be the worst thing ever. Obviously, you know, the Jets, you know, get the game winning feeble there. But um, this stat, is, so 24 punts is crazy, but this stat is even crazier. Chase, how is this possible? The Giants finished the game with negative nine passing yards. Negative nine passing yards. Their leading receiver was Darren Waller with one catch for only four yards. Dang. Like, like if you show me that, I would say you're freaking lying. Like, there's no way that that's real, right? They just have to run the ball with Saquon Barkley like 50 times because they just can't pass the ball at all. And finishing it with negative nine passing yards, leading receiver only has four yards. Oh my God, that's just that's just ridiculous. But worst worst game of football so far this year, right. maybe worst game of football ever. But that's my worst. The Battle of New York was that was just terrible. <laughs> that was yeah. terrible. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I I've got nothing to say. I've seen that one, and I'm like, I don't even want to. Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's terrible. That's when you're like, man, I'm glad there's like 20 other games on right now because I yeah, I'm glad that wasn't prime time. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. 
right. All right. Now it's game time balls. to move on to game balls because right. we were on best and worst earlier. Now I'll let you go balls. first. I'll let you go first. You're eager right. to tell us. Eager to tell us. I'm excited. I'm excited about the rook. My offensive game ball is going to be the rookie running back, Jameer Gibbs. The Detroit Lions finally had his moment in prime time, nonetheless, at home in those awesome alternate jerseys. Jameer Gibbs coming out party, 26 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Leaps into the stands doing his version of the Lambeau leap in Detroit. Gets swallowed in by the fans, comes out. That was fun to watch. Yes. Um, obviously rooting for Lions on that game against the Raiders. Um, and obviously it was ended up being the Raiders downfall as we kind of talked about earlier. Um, but Jameer Gibbs, this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. Um, just to see what they have, right? They spin that first round pick on him, right? We saw what we know how good he was coming out of Alabama. We're wondering, waiting to see it materialize in the NFL. For whatever reason, they kept going with everybody else but Gibbs. David Montgomery, David Montgomery, who was, you know, balling out, right? It's not like they were, you know, he wasn't playing well. Um, but obviously he gets hurt, so finally you have to step up. But it still took him a while. This is like his second game out. And so finally the second game, Jameer Gibbs kind of gets the touches. So hopefully it's the Jameer Gibbs shows moving forward um, as they kind of get their young guy in there and see what happens when David Montgomery comes back to see if those positions revert back or if Gibbs can kind of be the number one guy moving forward. Um, but it's just exciting to see the Rook finally get up, get out to play and ball out in prime time in those sick jerseys um, against the Raiders. And so got to get my game ball to you my friend yeah no i well well deserved i that play that he ran through that his touchdown play where he ran through that offensive line and he like snuck through a hole that was like three inches long wide i mean like sidestep that was that was one of the best running back plays this season like it was insane you could see why he was the 12th overall pick whether we agree or not right i mean i think that's still you know i don't know if there was much different from what a chain was doing to what he was doing and a chain was a third overall pick but still he you know very, very, very uh, strong game. I'm hoping that we get more touches from him going forward again. Like even, even you mentioned, Craig Reynolds still got touches in that game. Like, why is Craig Reynolds getting touches when you have Jamar Gibbs doing that? Just crazy what they do. Right. My offensive game ball, I'm staying with the rookie hype train, right? And I'm going with a guy who fell out of the first round. Both of us kind of said that he shouldn't have been a first rounder. And uh, it's Will Levis, quarterback for the Titans, debut him making his season debut against the Falcons, who I was pretty, I'm still pretty high on in those uh, Oiler jerseys that everyone think is slick, right? Went 19 for 26, 238, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Finally unlocked D Hop for the first time in like two years, right? I mean, the guy balled out. I'm interested to see what he can do in the game that we'll uh, preview soon, in the, in the next week preview. But like this, you know, maybe this, I don't see how Tannehill gets his job back if Will Levis is going to play like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Tannehill is going to get his, I mean, whether it was Malik Willis or um, or Will Levis, I don't think Tannehill is ever going to get the job back because he wasn't able to do it. I mean, in the total game amount of games he's played, he's only put up two touchdowns. Will Levis was able mm-hmm. to double that in one single game. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't think he's ever going to get his job back. I mean, definitely well-deserved. Will Levis definitely very deserved, right? Comes out as your rookie debut, also in those alternate throwback jerseys, right? Just something about those alternate or throwback jerseys, yeah. you just show up and ball out. Um, so definitely, I think he definitely deserves the game ball there for sure. Um, but I'm not going to be on this Will Levis hype train. I'm sticking with my with what I am because listen, this is what 
this is this is exactly what we expect from the Levis. Maybe not the, the you know the poise and things like that, but just launching the ball to wide open yes. receiver, fifty plus yards, right? A forty-seven yarder, a thirty-three yarder, and a sixty-one yard. You know what I mean? It's like this is just that's what we expect to see from from his cam and arm is just to choke the ball down there to an open receiver and let them do the work, right? So don't want to take anything away from him because four touchdowns is incredible, but how you got those right doesn't excite me really like because i know i know that's what you do i just saw what you do that and so like i i need if i'm ever going to get on the will of side stream or think okay this is going to be really the guy he's going to have to show me a lot more different things than what i just know what he can do right like that's like that's yeah. what you do you chuck the ball down the field 100 yards like that's what you do right so that's your thing. So congrats. You did it. You did it well. Four touchdowns. But I'm not on the on the Will Levis hype train. I do think, though, I agree with you. I think, really, I mean, if you want to – I mean, it's either going to be him or, or Willis moving forward, right? So the Titans are going to have to figure that out. But um, obviously, you don't think Willis is the guy or you want to draft Levis. So I would assume that Levis is going to be the guy until he just has his maybe a stretch of bad games and they want to throw Willis back in. But um, I think um, I think that's a, a game ball well-deserved. Right. So Those my defense. defense, yeah, my defensive game ball. Um, technically a defensive player, but I'm giving it to it because of what he did on the special teams. But I'm going to go with Justin Reed, um, safety Ooh. out of Kansas City. Right. Don't want to touch on it too much because you already talked about it in the best and worst. Um, but he blocks that field goal. Right. That would have put the Broncos up officially two scores, and to yes. keep our to keep us in the game, we just couldn't do it. But um, he times that snap perfectly, blocks it there. And so I just want to give him praise because he's been playing really well all season long. The defense is playing great, keeping us in games. But that that a play that should have galvanized and gave us all the momentum, but didn't, and that's not his fault. He did his part. And so I got to give him my game ball for doing the best that he could to help the team win. Yeah, no, he he played he played amazing. He's really starting to come alive these last couple games, right? He had that incredible interception two weeks ago against the Broncos still, so maybe he just plays the Broncos really well, right? But mine is going to a guy who tore his meniscus 13 weeks ago, returns to the field of play, and gets an interception. Mine is going to Jalen Ramsey. The Miami Dolphin, right? The world beater that we thought was going to come from uh, L.A. Rams and turn around this defense that really, really needed it. We've seen against the uh, the Sunday night game against the Eagles. We've seen that he really, really needed the, this this cornerback uh, coming in and helping this team that just couldn't stop Jalen Hurts and Antonio Brown. So now we have Jalen Ramsey. Hopefully, Xavier Howard can get right. That would be a dynamic duel between the two of them. Right, Jalen Ramsey came in. He didn't do a lot. He just had that interception. I think he had one other tackle, but he did what he needed to do from 13 weeks off of football, coming back from meniscus tear super fast. Right, puts it up to really good game. I just, uh, I can't believe how how well this is. I was surprised. We talked about it last week. We did. We both didn't expect him to to play very well, and of course, here he is making the most of his game. Let me see. His official stats were. Jen Ramsey had one tackle and the interception that went 49 yards, right? Mike McDaniel said it himself. He needed, he should have picked it, pick sixed it, not pick field goal it, but it's a win. Jen Ramsey walks away with the victory. So 
going it's crazy to me that he can come back 13 weeks we both said that he shouldn't have been back right we didn't think it was possible that he's going to play again until maybe that we didn't even think it was possible the chiefs game here he is playing here gives the defense a boost that they desperately need no i mean absolutely i didn't i didn't expect to see that from him coming back i thought we were gonna he might be kind of a little bit off of his game a little bit groggy a little bit but he just kind of picked up right where you know right where he left <laughs> off and just started balling there so um Perfect time for him to come back, right? The defense needs to get better for the Dolphins. Um, and so a tough a tough ask coming back there. Um, I, I think they planned this, right? It's better to come back against a team like the Patriots than come back against a team like the Chiefs. Yes. Um, yes. Right. So I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they waited, right, because they had the bye week after the Germany game. So give him a little bit extra time before coming back. But I think he felt good to where he was at that they wanted to get him ready for the Chiefs game. And so this was kind of his – practice game, if you will, right? Against a, a Patriots team that obviously they should beat. And so they're able to kind of get up there and kind of get his feet wet, if you will. Um, and he looks, I, mean, I couldn't tell he's been out all season. No, no. Yeah. So you get the game ball for coming back from injury. Hear that Rogers come back, get a game ball. <laughs> there you go. Listen, hey, Rogers is coming back. I'm like, I'm, I wasn't convinced. I'm convinced now yeah. that Rogers is going back. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Yes. Um, well, all right. That was our game balls. Let's go ahead and move to right and wrong. Jay, so let me know where you were right. Yeah. So where I was right is I, I took my shot in the dark, right, with the Panthers winning their first game. And they did it. They did it. All right. That was a one that I wasn't too confident in myself. But I thought I looked at their schedule. And I thought this is the game that they've got to have against the second overall pick. And by golly, they did it. They barely did it, but they did it. And Bryce Young played, I would say, his best football game. He threw for 235 yards, a touchdown, right? He was, he was sacked six times. Didn't matter. He still got him in field goal range. Only, uh, completed 22 out of 31 passes. I, I'm i going to take the victory lap on that one, right? I said the Panthers would do it. Frank Reich finally let go of play-calling duties. Kind of sparked that team. Uh, yeah, so I take their win. It might be their only win, but they got it. They got it. Listen, this this is good for football. I I, I like that when t- I don't like when teams go undefeated or unwinning. <laughs> when teams don't win a game, I like for them to to win a game there. Especially good for Bryce Young to finally get the you know get his first win under his belt there. And against you know his lifelong friend, right, CJ Stroud, the guy that a lot of people are saying that the Panthers should have taken, uh, you know, ahead of him. So to kind of quiet that narrative a little bit, go out there and ball out and get the win with my guy Bryce Young. So uh, that's, no, that's great. I love it. Um, where I was right. I didn't mean to talk about the chiefs so much, but I got to come in where I was right here and say, unfortunately part where I was right. So back when the schedule release came out, if you'll remember, we predicted each team's first loss. So now why I wasn't a hundred percent correct with the chiefs, obviously they lost their first game. My prediction was this last game week eight against the Denver. I predicted that they were going to lose that game. So while I wasn't a hundred percent right, I was kind of right in the fact that they would lose this game. And it was exactly kind of what I I thought would happen, right? Three division games back to back to back Broncos, Chargers, Broncos again. Um, You know, it's a tough slate there. Division opponents are always play you tough regardless of what their record is, right? What, you know, what the record is always play you tough. And so I think that was just, I thought that was just kind of set up for the Chiefs to kind of stumble and fall there. So, um, yeah, so I was still shocked that it happened, but uh, I 
I guess I'm still going to give myself credit because I kind of sure. predicted it happened. So unfortunately, I was right. Yes. Yes. I. Yep. That, you'll take that, right? I mean, that's one that you don't want to be right on, but you're right. All right. Where we were wrong. And I, we've already touched on it a little bit, so I don't want to go into much detail. But the uh, 49ers bangers. I locked the 49ers. I thought this was their get right game. I thought they were going to be back. I think that team's got some real problems. I'm not sure what they are, but man, three three losses in a row, right? They they they've got to some look uh, reflection, look in the mirror. They got a bye week, perfect time to do it. And the Bengals, right? Uh, week four, week five, I was talking, say, you know, I don't think these Bengals make the playoffs. I don't know how they can turn this around. They look bad. Uh, Burrow was hurt, and I think he was hurt. I don't think he was as hurt as bad as the media made us think. I think they kind of tricked us into thinking he was like going to be done for the season right that was floating around there i think that was more of a just an excuse for burrow be playing bad that he got injured right week three but the Bengals appear to be back right they they are the team that we've known them for the last three games or last three years right right and even they were even so confident that they were back that they were willing to move t higgins right they didn't that was the rumor going around today they were taking field trades for t or yesterday sorry they were taking fields for uh, T Higgins, they ended up keeping him, right? Jamar's popping off. Joe Mixon is coming back alive for like this ninth season in a row where he just looks dead. You think, oh, this guy roll him around, and then all of a sudden he's back. So this Bengals team looks good. Their defense, which we've talked about past previously, right, against that Monday night against the Rams, they kind of came alive. And since then, they've really been up to their stuff. Even the games that they've lost since then, they've been really been up to their stuff. So I'm excited to see where this Bengals team goes in the future but that's where i was wrong i was not high on the Bengals, high on the 49ers and maybe they peaked a little too early and didn't peak early enough for the Bengals. yeah um yeah i mean the Bengals seem to be back in 49ers they've dropped two games that they really shouldn't have right no excuse to lose to the browns no excuse to lose to the vikings um definitely need to to right the ship there for sure uh moving forward where i was wrong i thought I thought the Steelers could steal one from the Jags. Um, as much as the Jags have been winning, I don't think they've been playing good football. Um, they've been playing well enough to win, but nothing crazy where I've, I've been thinking like, oh my gosh, these are a legit Super Bowl team. Um, and so I thought maybe going in there against the Steelers, you know, in Steelers uh, against a really solid defense, I thought maybe the Steelers could steal one. And the, the Jaguars tried to give it away. They tried they to did. give it away multiple times. I mean, they were just a turnover machine. Um, but the Steelers' offense just couldn't get it done. Shocking. Um, they couldn't get it done. Pickett gets hurt. Trubisky comes in, who's also a turnover machine, and just doesn't get it done either. So, obviously, you know, they weren't able to get it done. Um, the, game was, the game was close just because the Jaguars kept turning the ball over. They wouldn't have... Yeah. If, you know, Lawrence, you know, plays better. They don't turn the ball over that much. This game could have been 50 to 10 because those turnovers, you know, they were just didn't have time to put up more points because they kept yeah. turning the ball over. So, um, but disappointing showing there in, in, in Pittsburgh there for, for the Steelers. But um, that's where I was wrong. I thought maybe the Steelers could have come in and snuck in and stole this game from the Jags. And obviously they couldn't, no matter how much the Jags um, gave them the opportunities to do so. Yeah, yeah. The Jags, the Jags have just a weird problem with, Always like it's like you can count on the Jags to turn the ball over more than once in a game, whether they win it or lose it. Right? They turned the ball over three times against the Steelers. They did the same against the Saints in the, both games they've won. Right? They only punt like twice a game, but yet they don't score on every drive because they just 
fumble the ball randomly, right? Something will be going right, and Tanks Bigsby comes and gets one carry, and he fumbles his carry. Like, it's just weird stuff like that with the Jags where I don't know what really is going on. I don't know if that's maybe a coaching issue, if that's a player they just can't hold on the ball. I don't I don't know what that is, but I, I'm, I'm impressed with these Jaguars winning five in a row. I was kind of scared about them going to London, right? We talked about that. They, they were uh, – a little scary in London. I thought maybe this was the game they either make it or break it, right? Coming off that loss against the Texans. And then they've never looked back. Even the games that they should have lost, they've still led the game, right? Should have lost the Saint game, turned it over four times in that game, I believe. Won it by big. And I mean, Saints came back, but won it by big. And then this game, they should have lost, right? They turned, it three, turned the ball over three times in the first half and still won it by two scores. So. Congrats to the Jaguars. They're they're got a five game winning streak, most in the NFL. Longest streak in the league. Yeah. So the Chiefs lost. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've been. I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ding you at all for winning, um, at all. But um, I just thought the Steelers could have got one just because I haven't really loved what I'm seeing from the Jags. Yeah. But um, Jags Jags get the win. So there is where we were right or wrong. Let us know in the comments where you were right and wrong. Love to hear from you guys as well. So that wraps up our recap of week eight time to turn the page and move on to week nine which starts tomorrow but today if you're listening um we had to record on a wednesday today because last night was trick-or-treating happy halloween mm-hmm. um did you go out trick-or-treating i did not i did not I go out trick-or-treating. it's okay i wouldn't have gone out either if i didn't have a daughter to go out <laughs> trick-or-treating so it was fun. She actually got she actually got to, you know, actually know what to do this year. So she had her costume awesome. on and she would go up, she was like attached to her little candy bucket. Like she was just attached, like she could not take it. She'd go up and she'd say, Get quite <laughs> and then get the candy. It was super cute. That was um, awesome. But, That's um, awesome. Good news for me is that she doesn't get to any candy yet. <laughs> so I get it all. So I've been snacking, snacking, snacking. It's so good. So that's the good part. That's the good part. But no, we had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun. So um, back to work as usual here as we record these episodes here. So let's go ahead and move on to week nine. We've got the Thursday night football game, the Tennessee Titans taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase, your initial thoughts of this primetime matchup. Yeah, this is going to be very – I'm only going to want to pay attention when – one aspect of this game and it's the Titans offense against the Steelers defense, right? Will Levis, right? We talked about it. We, he even talked about it at the combine, right? What, what do you, you know, what can we look forward to you doing? Throwing the ball really hard, right? I got a big arm. I throw the ball hard. That's all he wanted to say during the combine interviews, right? We touched on that during that. And that's what he did his first game out there, right? He didn't lie to us. He has a strong arm. He throws the ball very well down the field. And this is a team that, that, makes big plays when you throw the ball down the field, right? One is they won't let you with Alex Highsmith. And uh, why, why did I forget their good player's name? TJ Watt. TJ Watt coming off the edge there. Within Porter, Minka Fitzpatrick, Pat Pete's kind of playing pretty good for them, right? So it's going to be interesting to see which one of those went out. I have a feeling which one it is, but you never know. The Titans could surprise you. So I'm and initial thoughts. My pick, I'm going Titans. I'm, I'm I'm loving the chaos. I'm going Titans over the Steelers. Yeah, listen, this is this will be interesting, right? Because you have Will Levis who just climbed up the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Thrown into his first start, dominated, right? As we said before, four touchdown passes, two hundred some yards, just looked great. It almost feels like it was almost like too good to be true. Whereas this game could 
kind of bring you down to earth, right? Not only is it a normal game, but one, it's going to be a primetime game. Primetime games are always a little bit different. And it's going to be at the Steelers, right? Those those fans, right, with the terrible towels, they're going to get loud. They're going to get rowdy. That's going to be a tough place to go into. It's against a top-tier defense, as you mentioned. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how he fares. The flip side of that, though, is, is the Titans. I like the Titans' defense. The Titans always play well defensively. And the Steelers just have not been able to do it offensively. So, like, honestly, I feel like this might be a really low-scoring game um, because I, I like both defenses. I don't know what I'm getting out of these offenses. Um, but I just because I like the Steelers' defense more, um, and I'm not buying the Will Levis repeat where he can kind of go in and do it, um, prove me wrong, right? But I'm going to pick the Steelers to win this one. Primetime at home, I think they do just enough to, to get the W. Solid. Solid. Yep. I can see that. Is I think it'd be either or. All right, it moves on on to Sunday night. You think it'll be either either you think either the Titans or the Steelers will win? Yeah, it's yeah. very observant of you. Oh, uh-huh. thank you, thank you. <laughs> took <laughs> took me till week <laughs> took me till week nine to notice that though. <laughs> uh, Technically, they could both tie. All right, we've got You're the right, Bills actually. in back to back primetime games, right? Just came off of a Thursday night win. Now we have the recap of the game, which uh, we didn't see last week, last year, right? This is the DeMar Hamlin game where uh, tragedy struck that field. So we get to this we recap. That's true. That's true. A little different dynamic in the playoffs, though, than what this is, going, you know, regular season game. But so this this is a game. Both teams finally playing good ball again, right? The Bengals have been playing good ball for a couple of weeks now. Started off really slow, like we mentioned, and the Bills started off real, uh, really bad with Josh Allen having the worst game of the season for him, and then hit a peak, went back down to earth. Now it's kind of starting to climb back up that mountain. Which Bills will we get? Which Bengals will we get? It's going to be a very interesting game. I've picked this game. I went back and forth, back and forth. I don't know what to do. I, I finally went with the Bengals. They beat the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a better team than the Bills, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. I still think Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I think the weapons are better than the Bengals. This is a very close game, I think. And I think it comes down maybe to who has the ball last, right? I'm not really high on either one of these defenses, even though they both had their moments in the past. So I'm going to give the Bengals the nod just because of their what their what their record shows what they did last week against the 49ers defense, but I would not be surprised if Josh Allen comes out and those Bills light up the world. Yeah, so for me, for me, this was the easy one. This was like easy wow. for me to pick last year. It's easy for me to pick this year. I got to ride with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals right now look fantastic. The 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 Bills. Have looked fantastic, right? Both are coming off of huge wins. The Bengals have the bigger win. Um, yes. It's a it's a it's a home game for Cincinnati, right? So they have that in their favor as well. Um, and so I just um, yeah. So for me, I got to ride with the, I got to ride with the Bengals here. I think that the Bengals everything is set up for the Bengals. I mean, I don't think anything is going to change from what we saw from the playoffs last year, right? If anything, the Bills are worse off because they don't have some of their key players on defense that the Bengals can definitely take advantage of. So I think this is going to be a game that the Bills do want to win. This is going to have to be the Josh Allen A-plus tier game, right? Are we going to be able to get that from him? I don't know. 
And so because of that, I got to go with Cincinnati. They're playing at a high level right now. The, they're the team. They're playing right now like the team that we know that they are. Yes. Right. This is this is the Super Bowl team. This is the AFC champ. You know, the team that gets there and they're playing at that level. So I got to ride with um, ride with Cincinnati. And like I said, plus it's a home game, so I kind of always got to favor the home team yeah. in these matchups. And so um, I like I like Cincinnati to to get the W here. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. That's that's what finally tipped it over the scale is the home. But I I that, I was very close. I actually picked the Bills originally and then pivoted back to the Bengals. All right, and well, it, another thing too to, to keep in mind here is is that uh, um, both of these teams already have three losses, so this yes. will knock one team to four losses. And in this tight AFC AFC race here, that could be that could be a lot of you know talk about numbers wise in the plus. So this is a I mean this obviously you know is going to be a must win game, but even more so because. It's going to go with like a tiebreaker, and it's going to go with when you look at the when you look at the schedules that these two teams have, right? When you look at the Bills, what do the Bills still have to do? So the Bills still have to um, play go Jets. to play the Jets again. They have to um, play Philly. They have to play mm-hmm. Kansas City. They have to play Dallas. They have to play the Chargers. They have to play the Dolphins again, right? So that's there's not a lot of wiggle room there, you know. No, if they lose, and when you look not at, at all. If you look at the Bengals, right? The Bengals kind of have a similar structure to where they um, they they have to play um, three division games still. They don't four division games, so they don't play very well for the division, right? They have to no, play the Ravens again. Have to play the Browns again, right? The Browns are like the Achilles heel, right? They just don't beat the Browns. They have to, no. and they have to play Steelers twice still. They also have a visit against Jacksonville and against Kansas City. Right, so both of these teams have very difficult schedules very, moving forward. Yes. To where if you drop this one, it's—I'm not going to say you're going. You know, I, I still think both these teams can, you know, still make the playoffs, and I think they will. But it's going to be as one of those lower seeds instead of one of the higher seeds, like we're used to them being. Yes, um, which is just going to make the playoff journey just a little bit more difficult. Right, more games you have to play. You might have to go on the road against to play some of these games in the playoffs. So this is just, this is a huge, I think so far up to this point in the season, this is the biggest game so far because of those playoff implications, right? Since it's a primetime game, it's not going to be the big game preview, but because of the two top teams in the AFC already with three losses, like you already want to own the tiebreaker over this team. If you think you're going to finish the same, but due to the fact that they already have three losses with the strength of schedule that they have, I would feel very, very down. I will be very, very down on whichever team loses this game. Yes. To say. And obviously, I think that's the Bills. Yeah, and I think I think uh, also whoever loses this game, I think they can kiss winning their division goodbye, right? Both of the division winners of these two teams are already two games, two to one game, or I think it's just one game now. The Dolphins are – right, Dolphins have two losses? Dolphins have two losses. Yeah. So, yeah, so one game above them, right? The Ravens and the Ravens and the Bills are one game above the Bengals. They're third in their division right now. The Bills are sitting one game back in their division with the Dolphins. They do have a game over them, but the Dolphins look really, really good. Like they can continue to win. The Bills already have a divisional loss against the Jets. So this is this is going to be the loser of this game is going to struggle getting to their win their division, let alone the playoffs. Yep. Right. Brings us to Monday night. Talk about division losers. 
these we have got the Chargers versus the Jets, right? So a team that we both mentioned in our best and worth for very different reasons, right? We got the Chargers coming off that huge victory against a very, very sad Bears defense and the Jets coming off of that very sad victory uh, against the New York Giants. The the weird part is, is when you look back at that, right? I didn't watch the game, obviously. I watched, I kept kept notes of it, but I'm like, this game is boring. I'm not watching this, right? Kept notes of it. You look back at the box score of the Jets. They look like they did everything right, but score the football. They had almost 200 yards rushing. Zach Wilson did not throw an interception. So like, they, they look like they should be there and it just, they're not. And the Chargers, you know, the Jets, again, they finished the game only allowing negative nine passing yards. Like, this is a very, very different defense that the Chargers have to come into. I, I'm not going to spend too much more time wrapping up this game. I, I, I think that this is very uh, – this is a must-win if you want to make the playoffs for both of these teams, considering the Chargers have four losses. If the Jets lose, that would be their fourth loss. Like, this is a half-to-win, I believe, and I'm picking the Jets in the upset. Jets, listen, you've picked the Jets in the episode before and you were right. So it's hard for me to go it's hard for me to go against you. Um but I just well, I just feel like I feel like the Chargers are gonna win this one. I gotta pick the Chargers. I just feel like the Chargers offensively are better than the Jets. And while the Chargers defensively suck, we still we've only seen that one that one elite game from Zach against the Chiefs where he was just yes. like just could not really do anything wrong until he finally did do something wrong and fumbled, right? And so I just don't, you know, we, we've kind of seen the Zach Wilson that we're accustomed to ever every game besides that one, right? And I think Justin Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's twice the quarterback that um, that Zach Wilson is. And so obviously the Steelers or the sorry the Jets defense is phenomenal. I think the Chargers offensively are going to be able to do just enough to be able to win. And I don't think the Jets' offense is going to be able to do enough really to kind of put points. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a the same type of thing where the Chargers score, you know, 30-plus points, you know, against that defense. Um, but I do think just the Chargers offensively are better than the Jets. And so I, I think the Chargers will be able to win this one. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. I just think the uh, – I, I don't know. I'm just expecting Brees Hall to kind of run wild. They Chargers have really hard time stopping the run. And that's what the Jets like to do, right? Kate, take the ball out of Zach's hands, put it in Brees' hands. And those cornerbacks are very, very, very uh, poor in man coverage. And I'm hoping Zach can maybe find Garrett Wilson just once. I think that might be enough. Brees gets one. Zach, Garrett gets one. A field goal 17 might be enough to win it. So that's what I'm hoping in. Picking yeah. the Jets again. They've done me pretty good. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Could be, could be a fun game to watch potentially. So um, we'll look at that there. Um, all right, let's go ahead and do our lock picks, Chase. So who is your lock this week? Yeah, I've been going a little bit higher on my locks, getting a little bit higher profile games. I'm going to curve it back down. Still going a game that I don't think is a blowout any, anything, but a game that doesn't have a lot of pressure on it. Going Bucks over Texans, right? As much as we think, the, as much as we know what the Bucks are, I still think they're better than the Texans. Baker's still playing all right ball. You know, he's still playing good. Mike Williams is still tearing the league up. You know, he, he's going to get his thousand yards. He's going to get probably 10 touchdowns on the year. And the Texans, as much as they started out pretty well, they have not shown that they can continue playing at that level. They've kind of come back to earth. So I'm going bucks over Texans. I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, my lock pick, I'm going the New England Patriots over the Washington wow. Commanders. 
Um, the, I, I like what I've seen for the commanders, like offensively. Sam Howell's been fun to watch, but he's kind of struggles every other game. Like when he plays the Eagles, he's great. When he plays every other team, not not terrible, but just kind of a little bit below average. So I know the Patriots defense is going to show up and be able to play. Um, and the commander just got rid of their two best defensive players, right? So you don't have those two guys bearing down on you. So I think it'll be enough time for, you know, Mac to be able to make some plays um, and, you know, score the ball enough to beat the commander. So I don't think this is a, a, a crazy pick really just because uh, I, I, I know more, I think, what I get from the Patriots than what I do about the Commanders. And I think the Patriots will do just enough to get the win. So they're my lock pick for the week. Yeah. No, I I, I see it. I understand it. I, you know, I, I don't have it. I think the Patriots are very bad. And even without Young and Montez Sweat, I don't think McCorkle can put together enough drives to win the game. So, but I, I could definitely see it. And I understand it, that they're, they're rebuilding. Who knows what that locker room looks like? Who knows what they get? I just, I, I always hope for the Sam Hallett masterclass right but going into our upsets i think i've already touched on mine i'm not going to say much more jets over chargers i love the jets and upsets they never get the respect they need from vegas jets over chargers my upset this is this was surprising for me because i told myself i would never pick this team to win a game is the team i think (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um it's the new york giants no over the Las Vegas Raiders, um, with the entire this this could easily go differently with the entire debacle of the Raiders. Like it's prime for the Giants. They're getting Daniel Jones back. They're going to be able to do obviously more offensively than just negative nine passing yards. Right? They're going to be able to to do better that way. I guess the Raiders dumped a fire every team, but this could also just turn around and the Raiders could just all of a sudden play like the best freaking football ever due to everything. Right? Aiden O'Connell come in and ball out. All those different stuff, right? So uh, a lot of different things can happen. Like this is just one of those narratives where they can go either way. Um, but due to the fact that it is the dumpster fire in the Raiders, they just fired everybody, you know, down to the janitor. Uh, I, I'm picking the Giants to, to win this one. I think um, the Giants can do just enough. I think, you know, I've seen what some running backs can do against the Las Vegas Raiders, right? We just saw what Jamar Gibbs can do. I think the Giants can lean on Saquon Barkley and he can do some damage. So I'm going to ride in with the Giants. Something I never thought I would say this season, but I'm riding with the Giants and my upset over the Raiders. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I think I remember hearing a stat when Jeff Saturday took over the, the Colts that no team has got to win the week after they hired an interim head coach. So I, I, I don't even understand why Raiders are favored, right? If no team's ever won with an interim head coach, we've won. So I think this is a – I picked the Giants too. I, I love the upset. Now, what did you think me, I was going to say? I say, let me get into my big game preview. I thought you were going with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no, I've picked them one before. Yeah, but you don't, you don't like to, especially in a game, game like this. So that, that leads me right into our big game preview. This is the game I thought you were going to pick. The Dallas Cowboys over the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what I'm going with. We'll ditch your take at the end. Let me hit you with some stats, though. First, let me tell you why this game is important. I think everyone knows, but this game, this division is, is – Never had a repeat uh, repeat champion since like 2001, 2002, right? 17, 18 years. I mean, it's, it it's insane. Yes, it was the Eagles last time. And it could be this time very well. But this game, if they win this game, I'm confident in saying that the Cowboys will make the playoffs as a wild card. If they, if they don't, 
if the Phil if Dallas takes this game, I could see that you know Philly will drop another game. It's just going to happen. That's what football is, right? Teams teams trip up right before they rest their players. Something happens like that. But this game is really important to see who gets division, uh, who wins this division. And divisions are important because that guarantees you home field advantage, especially with this division. To win this division, you're either going to be a one or two seed in the NFC. Right, you're not squeaking in as a four seed at the champion of this division. They're, they're, these teams are too good. So let me give you some stats. Dak Prescott's record is eight and three against the Eagles. One of those, I, I one of those victories, he only attempted one pass before getting hurt and Tony Romo coming in. So it's like that Brock Purdy thing, right? It really shouldn't be on his record, but it is. Okay, and that was a loss. So it's a really should really should be eight and two with a one apostrophe, whatever. He's thrown 19 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, and 2,800 yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. One teams that he honestly he always balls out. Whether it's a win or loss, Dak is balling out. Besides that game that he threw the one pass and only one pass. Jalen Hurts has not played that many games against them. Right, he's only two and two. And one of those wins, he only attempted one pass in a trick play. It was Carson Wentz, 2017, his rookie year. He came in, and, so he's really one and two. He's thrown five touchdowns through four interceptions, has not thrown over 1,000 yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. So Jalen Hurts has room to improve, right? They did. They split the series last season. They went one and each one, one, one against back, the backup quarterbacks. We have not seen prime Jalen Hurts play Dak Prescott in these prime uh, – Dallas defense. So this is going to be a new experience for the, the fans. One of the best rivalries in football, I think, that one of the oldest and best rivalries, Philadelphia Cowboys. And I'm going with the Cowboys defense, right? The game they just put on together. I know that they normally don't carry game to game, right? They play bad teams really well. They play good teams really, uh, really poorly. But the Philadelphia Eagles have looked abysmal outside of that victory against the uh I can't even think of who they beat with Sunday Night Football last week. The Dolphins, right? They looked really good, really, really good in that Dolphins win. And that was the first game this year that I thought, man, these are the the team that we've seen in the Super Bowl. So I'm not banking on that one time that we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles look good. Now, they've won a lot of games, and you can win games and not look good, right? But this time, they, I'm going Cowboys and a very, very big scoring game. I expect this to be a shootout. Right, even though the defenses are really good, it's been a shootout the last three years they've played, and they've had good defenses. I just expect Dak to carry that momentum with C.D. Lamb over and make uh, the Eagles pay for it. Going Cowboys, close but big score game. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. I think this will definitely be a big score game. This is a game um, that that always kind of goes like that, right? Um, and this is, you know, when we talk about, you know, Dak, where Dak doesn't show up against, you know, teams with the running record and playoff teams. But just like you said, with the Eagles, he does. And you contribute that to the fact that it's a division team, right? Mm-hmm. Division teams are just different. Um, it's going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm riding with the, I'm riding with the Eagles. Um, not because I hate the Cowboys. I, I honestly think that they'll split this series. I think Eagles will win at home and Dallas will win at home. I think just that that home field advantage is kind of going to be what kind of pushes him over. Yeah. Um, but the Eagles, if the Eagles just stop self-inflicting themselves, they are one of the best teams in football. I still don't believe in their secondary. 
but offensively, they're just they've in these games because Jalen Hurts has kind of been turnover prone yes. this season, right? He's made some dumb decisions. He's fumbled the ball. He's thrown some weird picks, right? Obviously, it bit him in the butt against the Jets game with their only loss. But if he if they don't turn the ball over and he plays well, like him and AJ Brown are lighting the league on fire. Yes. Um, and so obviously the the Cowboys defense is is vaunted, right, and rightfully so. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the league. We've seen that time in and time out. But they can get got, right? We saw against the 49ers, like the Dallas defense can get got, and the Eagles can do it, right? We've seen it before. Like no matter how good the Dallas is, you know, Eagles can score points. Like Gardner Minshew was able. I know he lost, but he was still able to put up like 40 points against him. Yeah. So this is going to be one of those high-flying battles. It's going to come to, I think, who does make that mistake, who does make that crucial turnover. And so just as of right now, honestly, like I said, honestly, just because it's still, it's it's in Philly, uh, I got to go with Philly, right? I, if this was in Dallas, I would take Dallas. Um, I just think at this point, I think these two teams are, are honestly pretty even, really. Um, and so what sways me is just going to be the home, the home team. So that's why yeah. I got to ride with Philly. No, I understand that completely. Right. That note. Yep. I agree. And I, I think you're right. These teams are very, very similar in how, you know, not how they play, right. They built on different principles, but very similar and team skill wise, right. They match up perfectly together and uh, you know, let's see, you know, they, Cowboys spent their first pick, Mozzie Smith, to stop the Eagles in that rushing right up the middle game, right? that They want to stop that. Let's see how they can do it. So big game for them, big game for the Eagles. Can't wait. Going to be a fun one. Another fun one, bright and early Sunday morning. Um, Germany, the, the Miami Dolphins are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So obviously, you know, big game. Right for for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, it's an AFC matchup. Right, two teams that are you know um, potential division winners, potential AFC you know matchup. This could be a um, uh, you know for tiebreakers and anything like that. Right, both teams are going into this six and two. Um, Chiefs obviously coming off of that terrible loss against the Broncos, looking to get right. You know, go there too. Um, Tyreek Hill facing his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a shame it's in Germany, not in Arrowhead, since this is technically a home game for the Chiefs. Um, but uh, when, you, when you're looking at, obviously, we're talking playoffs, right? big game preview. This is going to be um, this is going to be immense, right? I think I picked both of these teams to win their division, so we're looking down to it. Potentially one and two seeds, which is going to be the one and two seed, is probably going to be the winner of this game. Obviously, when it comes down to two tiebreaker, right? Um, and so super important, honestly, both teams have been playing similarly where, you know, obviously through a while there, the Dolphins looked like they had the best offense ever in the history of the NFL. Um, and then it kind of got brought down to earth a little bit. Um, the difference here, right. Is going to be which chiefs team shows up. Yes. Right. I don't want to beat the doors. Right. Is it going to be the team against the Bears and the Chargers, or is it going to be the team against the Lions and the Broncos? Right. Which team is it going to show up? I gotta believe it's going to be the one we saw against the Chargers. Right. Because we're coming off the we've coming off the downhill. We got to go on the uphill. Right. Hit the high. Um, so if it's that team, I think it's the Chiefs by a mile. Because the the Dolphins' defense, as much as their offense is great, their defense isn't very good. Is is Jalen Ramsey going to be that big factor? I don't. I don't against the Chiefs. I don't know. 
um, what that's kind of going to look like. There's not enough to me to go off of. He just has that one game against the Patriots, right, for me to say this is the difference maker. Um, but as long as the Chiefs – I mean, the Dolphins got weapons, right? Waddle just popped off. If it's not Waddle, it's Hill. If it's not, you know, it's Mostert, right? So they've got plenty of guys on offense that can pop off. So it's just going to be, you know, which defense is going to be able to make that key stop and, you know, how are we going to be able to make that third down conversion? Are we going to be able to make that fourth down conversion? Are the receivers going to drop or, you know, penalties, different things like that? Which team are the Chiefs – essentially, are the Chiefs going to beat themselves or are they going to beat the Dolphins, right? I think is what's going to come down to it. Um. But um, I I think that this is going to be a fun game. Um, it's a great game to have to start off the NFL slate, which I think is going to be a great Sunday. So I think this will be one of the best Sundays of football in the NFL really? that we've had so far. Yeah, I think huh. it's, I think we got great. We've got that game. So we we got football all day, right? We got Dolphins yes. and, and and Chiefs, right? And you look at the noon window, Seattle Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that's a good one. And then we've got in the in the later window, Dallas and Philadelphia, and Sunday night, Buffalo and Cincinnati. So, I mean, yeah, each each window are that's great true. games. That's true. Must-watch games, great playoff, you know, playoff caliber, like, changing games. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be a great Sunday. And it's going to be even greater because the Chiefs are going to start the game the week off with a W. So, I got to ride with the Chiefs here. I have no reason to, to not pick the Chiefs. Obviously, the, the Dolphins can be high-flying. Um, but we also seen how they played against teams with winning records. So, um I think the odds favor the Chiefs, especially coming off of that humiliating loss. I don't think the Chiefs and Mahomes and Kelsey are going to let that happen again. And so I'm expecting some fireworks in Germany. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is going to be a, the game, a game of a century. I'm hoping it's going to be great. I'm going with the Chiefs too for every reason that you said. And I think it comes down to which team beats themselves, right? Good teams don't lose. Both these are good te- teams, right? And I think it's the Dolphins beating themselves. I think they'll have too much. The only the only thing that I'm worried about is the Dolphins do have stud defensive players on that defensive line slash linebacking core. And that that uh, defensive or that offensive line for the Chiefs have looked awful. Like it, like they, they didn't improve at all. Orlando Brown's out of there. I thought that would be an improvement because he's not very good. Turns out it's not. Jawan Taylor forgot how to play when he moved up north from Jacksonville. So uh, Donovan Smith does more penalties than blocking. I, I just don't understand, right? Your your stud invent, uh, inside linemen, they haven't been awful by any means, but they haven't lived up to what they've shown in the past. So just a little worried that, you know, Jalen Phillips, Christian, what, what, uh, Christian Wilkins and company could get in there. But other than that, Right, if you if Mahomes get the ball out of his hand, I think he'll have open receivers down the field. We'll see what Jalen Ramsey does. You know, I think this potentially could be game of the week in a week that has two you know other heavy hitters with the Bills and the Cowboys both playing good opponents. So excited for this week. Yes, I I understand what you're saying. I thought you meant like this was the week to beat all weeks. I think there's a lot of teams playing a lot of crappy teams. You know, a lot of crappy games. When you look at it that way, you look there's a highlight game in every window so yeah no, there's that so yeah. you don't have to be stuck watching a crappy game you can get one of the high ones so let me ask you this real quick so between the dolphins and the chiefs which team needs this win the most dolphins they have a harder division than what the chiefs do right the chiefs could take this win and still hit the two seed and be fine dolphins you know they lose this one they already lost to the bills they have to play the jets again they have to play the bills again they have to play the patriots which bill belichick is great at stopping his division opponents so i think right? they're done playing the patriots i think they already beat them really twice. they beat them twice i'm not thinking of the second one 
second was just oh last week. week. Yeah, that's why I didn't think of it. Okay, so at least there's that. But they still have to play the Bills. They have to play the Jets again. They've got uh, the Ravens coming up. Uh, there's another. Who else do they have to play? That's a tier team. To play the Eagles, or they have to play the Cowboys. One of those two. Right? Well, they did play the Eagles. They, did they play, play. Oh, so they. they yeah, that's right. Why can't yeah, I not? So they got the so Cowboys. Kansas City Jets. Uh, oh, they play the Cowboys as well. Yeah, I knew they played both of them. Yeah. For some so reason, Cowboys, I couldn't remember Ravens. Sunday night. Yeah, so they they end the, so they end their last four games of the season are Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. So four yeah. um, heavy tough hitters. games there to, yes. to end. So, that. So this is this is not a must-win game, I don't think by any means, but they definitely need it more than the Chiefs do. Who can kind of you know they've got a hard stretch too. Don't don't get me wrong, right? They play the Bengals still, they play the Bills still, but this is not you know they're not risking slipping in their division if they lose this game. Yeah, I mean the Chiefs pretty much all have but the division wrapped up. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any really scare barring an injury right that the Chiefs aren't going to be able to to win the division right. So I, I agree with you. Miami needs this one obviously to to make sure they win the division, which is what they what they need right to do. Um, and I just think the narrative around the Dolphins is they haven't beat a team with a winning record yet. They're six and two. Both losses have double digit losses. Like there haven't been close losses or competitive. They've been double digit losses against teams with winning records. So the Dolph the Dolphins need this one more than Kansas City to prove to the world, right, that they are legit and they can compete with teams with winning records, right, against these playoff teams, against these Super Bowl teams, right? So I, I agree. I think the Dolphins need this more um, because they have yeah. to show that. For more people to believe what they are, you have to play and beat te- good teams. You can't just beat yeah. up on the bad teams. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. But uh, that wraps up episode 35 of our Week 8 recap and Week nine preview a lot of good football as we said so excited to go ahead and see that break down if you haven't already make sure you like subscribe share uh, listen to us in the car listen to us to when you're on the elliptical whatever you got to do um, go ahead and check us out so thanks for joining us for the ride enjoy this week of football i hope your teams win unless you're playing the chiefs we'll get you next time here oh wait hold on we gotta do our picks oh yeah duh. i almost right. missed it again so real quick <laughs> Real quick, round up the picks. Time out. We got to rewind again. This is why I shouldn't be like the host for them. I'm not good at it. No, you're perfect. Um, okay, so Thursday night football. Let me give you mine. Mine real quick. Okay. So I got Steelers, Chiefs, Falcons, Browns, Packers, Patriots, Saints, Ravens, Bucks, Colts, Giants. Eagles, Bengals, Chargers. Okay. Yeah, we, we have a lot to disagree with here. You know, so this will be a fun week. One of us will have a good week. One of us will we'll probably split them, honestly. But let me run through mine real fast and we can end the episode. I've got Titans winning, Chiefs, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Course Green Bay, Commanders, Colts, Giants, Cowboys. I finally landed with the Bengals, and then I'm going Jets in the upset. There we go. Fun way to go. So, all right, now we can end it. All right. So just everything I said before, you do it now. We'll catch you next time here on All Things Football.